0: I'm Marty Grusani and this is the Marty Grusani show as a full-time real estate investor and business owner. I have a real fascination of finding the key principles for business success and personal development. This show is a reflection of my personal mission to find out what truly makes somebody successful in business and in life. We will find tools and tactics that they've used to reach those levels. If you're the type of person is not satisfied with average and you have a hunger for learning that will never cease. This show is for you. Welcome to the show. And really, the the funny thing is, I always start this off because you know how, like, a lot of podcasts, Dimitri, they, a lot of real estate podcasts, they're like, and I'm really excited and I'm really amped up to to welcome this person. And yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. I am. I'm actually, you know what? Fuck it. I am really excited to talk to you. <laughs> We've been trying to go. You know, and I was gonna try to slow play. No, we're going in. We're going in. I took it my is. alpha brain, like I told you, and I'm drinking black coffee all day. I'm gonna talk about this person in just a moment for those listening on my show. He's somebody where some people just got this energy, like an attraction type energy, where they yeah. can beam you in, and it's not teachable. I don't think. I don't think it's. I think it just comes like naturally through. Maybe it's a confidence. It's not like an over, it's not like an overly confident thing. I think it might be just like knowing who you are and it's really tough. Either you have it or you don't in regards to an attraction type thing. So when I met you, I immediately just felt like kindred spirits. Like I I think I have a little bit of it, of that, that little energy beam to attract people in, but you really do have it. And I think that's a big part of your success
1: is that what are your thoughts on that? Do you think there's anything to that? But I think it's being authentic. A big part of it is being authentic, being someone who cares, like genuinely cares about people. Some people, they don't care. They care because it helps their business, but they don't care. Did this person buy their first car or first house? Did I help this person buy his first property? We're talking to Deshaun, and Deshaun was like, man, I was in the middle of developing a property, and I, I didn't even have a financial model. And we sat at a Starbucks because his kids were asleep, my kids were asleep. We go to Starbucks every night for a week in a row until we get kicked out because we were working on his financial model and teaching him the model. And then fast forward today, built over a $2 million net worth and take it from there. And so for me, that was was my joy, right? And so I think that's what the energy is. People know that I truly care. I think that's what becomes a magnet.
0: There's something to that, right? Because although it feels, and at times, and this is where it gets a little tricky for me, Where you get to that like weird spot where it's, am I wasting my time with this person? And I know that sounds shitty. Yeah. yeah. Am am I wasting my time with this person? I want to help. I think it has to do a lot with you get something from that, right? Even if it's just, hey, that didn't turn out. That didn't, me giving that energy to that person. They didn't take it as seriously as I did. And that's okay. just... What can get tough is you can get jaded by that, and I think you have, because I'm sure the people you've encountered in different masterminds and meetups that have chewed your ear for information, and then you really open up and you give it to them, and it hasn't really done anything, but in the end of the day, would you say that still, it does come back for you?
1: If you're giving it out, it does come back. Would you say that's true? It does, not, and it's not all the time, but sure, we chase a lot of deals, and we don't close them all, too. So it's, oh, no. it's very similar. It's You underwrite deals that may not work, but it may come back later. And people are late bloomers. People are early bloomers. And, and I look at it that way. And there's someone in Austin who couldn't underwrite a deal, that's really struggled. And that person for a while was like, man, I don't, I don't know how to help this person. They want help, but I can't help them. They may not have what we call attraction, the GWC, get it, want it, have capacity. And capacity is time, intellectual capacity. And so you weigh that out and I realize you pour into it and you take a step back and see what happens. And in this case, it's come back to where it's helping us on one of our developments. We're going to build our first community, not expansion, but brand new community. Uh, And I poured into that person a few months ago and then stepping back and then thinking moving on. And then I needed that person. We reached out and that person was more prepared for this experience. And now we have a good process going. And so sometimes it's a give and take and, and I've, it's all, how do you be a good partner? And I, and I and as long as you share your core values with people and they share theirs and aligns, then you can keep pouring in. If it doesn't align, then we on.
0: Oh, that's perfect.
1: Yeah. I think that's brilliant. And uh, the person we're talking to guys, by the way,
0: and I've, we've gone back and forth. It's, it's he's got a little bit of a time. I'm in, I'm Eastern time So We've tried to make this work a few yes. times. We're in a, a you know, a similar mastermind, which I was really able to meet this person. This is Dimitri Booker and absolutely incredible. 300 million plus and over under management in assets. And then the company that he is, the CEO founder is Elevate Commercial. And where they really win is in affordable housing, mostly the mobile home park communities that he's just talking a little bit about developing. I want to talk about that. I didn't know that. Brand new. And uh, also uh, what really got interesting to me, the last event you were at where you talked about was the uh, alternative asset of uh, repurposing motels into affordable housing. And I thought that was really interesting because there's, Dimitri, I'm driving around. First of all, if you're driving in Ohio and you see a mobile home park, he probably owns it. Just straight up. (laughs) He probably owns it or is about to. He, he, (laughs) He has an insane footprint a lot all over but in in Ohio especially and uh, when I was thinking about it, I'm driving in Ohio I'm driving in New York that's where I am <laughs> he's like these old rundown motels all the time and I didn't think about that process that you've put into it in until recently right now you see them all the time I want a Tesla so every time I'm driving I see a Tesla now right? just yeah. when it comes to you with that attraction thing so tell me a little bit tell the tell some of the people here that are listening what is this model does it work what do you look for and uh, just explain a little bit about that
1: yeah absolutely first i'm going to give you the background of elevate commercial yeah let's do that let's do that well, that'd be helpful we, for everyone elevate commercial is the actual name is soldier management inc Sojourn means temporary stay so we started off as a travel company i was helping my university cal poly san luis obispo with their sports travel and this was a this was an investment that i, I was a passive investor became an active investor And then fast forward, we have this company moving, and then we lost a lot of money, but we learned a lot. And so that then turned into have all these carried over losses, and we started Elevate Commercial and just DB dated it, did a DBA. And so this is full circle, right? We're back into this temporary stay world. But when you look at, and this is is under a brand of Arcadia Living. So we have our Elevate Commercial, and now we're rebranding as Arcadia. Mm. And so- these hotel conversions, they get to converted in two ways. And typically they're motels. Motels are when you walk up the doors on the exterior, they're usually single-story or, or two-story. And they're travel lodges and budget ends, and then a bunch of non-brand hotels. Where we saw the opportunity is my background is multifamily. I cut my teeth in multifamily with community-ad-realty partners and was part of that growth from 2,000 to 10,000 units. And I understood the affordability factor of affordability, but also I saw that there was a strong demand for studios and one-bedroom apartments and the price per square foot rent were higher. So as we started to look at these motel hotels, we saw an opportunity to get into the asset class and looked at it from a standpoint of what are multifamily units selling price per door in the same market? And to give you a case study, if a unit selling for $200,000 a door in a certain market, and let's say predominantly one-bedrooms, and we could buy these motels at roughly 40% of the cost, Mm. then and we invest some in CapEx and do a conversion, as long as they're in an area where there's absorption, there's flexibility within the local government, whether you need a CUP or I could do a by these are a way to get into the market of workforce housing or affordable housing and actually compete and not pay four or 5% cap rates. We're paying nine, 10, 11, 12 cap rates. So it just economically made sense. And when I left the multifamily industry, and went after the manufactured housing or mobile home park industry, the focus was on affordability and said, hey, I'm gonna serve the masses, focus on affordability. So with Arcadia, the model of converting these motel hotels is these are the most affordable units in the market without public subsidy. And in some cases we can get public substitute because of our mission. So that's a folks. And one thing about these operators, or the majority of them, the first question I ask is, Do you operate this hotel yourself or do you have a staff? 90% of the time is they operate it. So then I know right away, these people have been, how long have you owned this property? Wait, 15 years, okay? So you're telling me roughly 12 to 14 hours a day, you're operating this hotel for the last 14 years, even on the holidays? Yes, I know you're tired. I'm tired. (laughs) I know you're tired. (laughs) Plain old tired. I'm tired of hearing you talk about it. So so I know that it's time for a transition. And so when you offer them a fair price, they're being offered- prices that are far below, or people don't even want these units because they may be filled with, with, with resident base that guests, patrons that are not, that not appealing to the normal person. And so that's the Arcadia living. Then we have the Arcadia lifestyle division of it, where if they're in a trendy area or an area that's a hipster or breweries and restaurants, then these are key for conversions to boutique hotels. There's an example and it's called the modern in Boise, which. Their former travel lodge and converted to a boutique hotel and a restaurant, and they do very well. They three hundred bucks a night in some cases, and and so we purchased one in Garden City, which is Boise market, also very similar to modern. And we open up in a few weeks, and we're talking about you know our total cost is less than two point eight million dollars, and, and we're talking about six hundred seven hundred thousand dollars profit a year. So it's a tremendous revenue source opportunity. And so you could you have flexibility. I'm a big person on flexibility with housing. Either A, I have this boutique model where it's a great area and I'm elevating that area. I'm taking right. something former sex offenders and, and drug users, et cetera, and I'm bringing a vibrant, creative, artistic, fire pits, cool place to the table, which the A, police department is very happy and everyone else is happy. And then B, we create affordable, attainable housing for other people in the community. And so it's a win win. It fits. Our core values, yeah. but also it's fun. Yeah. It brings a little bit of flair to what we do, and on the on the hotel side, and we're able to get in the door and, and get into the hospitality industry without much capital.
0: I love that because I, it made me just think about how that sounds a lot sexier than affordable housing. And again, yeah. Yeah. that doesn't mean that one's not more profitable, more social impact, but it just sounds sexier, and I, I like that. and uh, What I think about with that sometimes is as we, my partner Matt and I, transition from like what we, what has predominantly been a sexy thing, which is house flipping, right? Uh, We like the predictability of commercial. And that's why there's this transition for us. And I could probably see that model, although that's going to be your your bread and butter has been affordable, mobile home parks. And, and, and what I want to actually talk about that too. But my point is, we want to go 80-20. Right now, we're 80% flips, 20% commercial. And we want to flip it on its head. I could see where a big part of your division might be that flipping of going right into that boutique motel, finding that really cool, in that really cool spot, like you said, the artists, the hipsters, there's that motel that's just been like collecting dust that's got Family owned and operated for the last 50 years, 30 years. They're tired. They don't want to run it like that any longer. You come in with a brand new idea. I could see that being really cool. I could see that really taking off with still having your core being that affordable housing. Yeah. The transition,
1: though. And, and Marty, oh, just take a step yeah. back to that. Yeah. We have essentially, with that model, due to relationships, we have the cheat code, which what they call it. Our, one of my mentors and good friends in Vegas, Jagozi is a CFO of, of seagull properties and they are one of the larger operators of, of these type of hotels they buy larger footprints we're not competitors at this time so able to, to fast forward and shortcut the process of financing and structure etc but this is in every city in the united states there's abundance of these assets and every city political parties mayors etc want these properties cleaned up and so there there's if you, there's a large majority of opportunities just speaking on stage Last Tuesday, there's been 10 to 12 inquiries on properties that people say, I've been targeting this property. Now that I talk to you, this is a laydown, and So I, it is more scalable than manufactured housing because there's more opportunities and it's not okay.
0: okay. So my assumption was correct. I didn't want to just say that was, but that sounds like this might be the the big step. Not that you guys aren't doing incredible things, but this might be something where you can really go crazy with it.
1: Correct. Nailed it, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love
0: it. All right. I was on. I know it.
1: it. You're hitting it. Yeah. You're on.
0: The alpha brain is working. So (laughs) Uh, I love your energy, man. I love it, man. I love It's when you got it back and forth, we could probably do this for (laughs) multiple hours, uh, really all day long. But there is one thing that I wanted to touch on that I think it makes you different and not just you being a dynamic person, but you really do care about the social impact of that affordable housing that you're in and you speak on that and what i want you to talk about too really is just why is it so important to your core business belief and then how can others replicate it is there a way that maybe this is something that everybody should do because it could be even more profitable right if we could figure out how to like hey by doing this it actually is more profitable i think there's something to be said there Anyway, if you could just explain
1: into that a little bit, I think that'd be very helpful. No, absolutely. It's First off, I relate to our resident base because I was that kid. I did not grow up in manufacturer housing, but I grew up in apartments and then we worked our way up the ladder. When I say I was that kid, a lot of my experiences with our resident base and our staff is based on my personal experience growing up. And so that's why when you talk to other operators, you're like, these guys are different. Elevate commercial, do things differently doesn't mean we're always the most popular operator in a community because some cases people are current and they're not being a good neighbor and we ask them to leave. Unfortunately, it's just part of because I look at my neighbors, if they're not taking care of their lawn, I'm like, hey, sell your house, move on. You're not a good neighbor. You're going to park in your grass. You got to go. And so, so, so we're teaching our residents to be a good neighbor. But on the positive side, the reason I'm so passionate is because I was fortunate along the way to have certain mentors along the way because of access. I had access. And part of that access was being in the right room at the right time. Sports was my access. So I played through youth, through college football. And that created opportunities to be at the table. And, the, and then from there, the first person at the table was my college teammate. His grandfather, he, we played the same position. His grandfather owned the Seattle Seahawks and the Bering family. And that was the first eye awakening. Like, these are, this is access to billionaires. And that was my first awakening. And then Alex Bando's. My coach sent me in a banquet next to Alex Spaniels, and I sat with Faye and Alex, and and I asked to buy the Chargers. I had no money at the time, and that that built my confidence <laughs> back in 2003, and then, cool. then I met Scott Shields. I met Scott Shields, and then Scott, back in 2004, opened the doors that like, you could do this to me. Yeah, no one in this industry predominantly looked like you. However, that's why I want to work with you. I want to help you mm. because no one looks like you. And for me, I was driven by, I was that kid of my residence, but from an ownership standpoint, was if not me, then who, let's take it to the next level because if I don't do it, we're going to miss a whole wave of opportunities. I'm responsible for bringing a whole wave of people, not just people who are African-American or Black, but minorities, women, those who come from different economic backgrounds where they don't—they didn't have the cheat code. Uncle John wasn't the already successful in real estate or business. It was like Stephen Ross, right? His uncle had money, uh, related properties, and so he had a launching pad to his career. I didn't have that launching pad. My launching pad was what they call group for force and grit, and and that's and a fanatical effort, which is one of our core values. And so I we built our business on that, and then became polished afterwards. And so that that's the focal point and focus of who we are, what we do. And then we say, let's do something different. Let's when you drive through, do we hear trailer parks and mobile homes? And you Google if you Google mobile home parks right now, fire shooting, displacement, utilities breakdown, blah 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 blah. blah. And I challenge newspapers like, hey, write a good stories. Write about when how many people in this community bought a house. Mm. Like, let's write a story about the increase of credit score. Our average resident credit score increased over the last three months, six months, a year, 40, 50, 60 points. Let's, look at, let's write an article about our Sun Valley property. Our average resident credit score being 750 or higher. Our residents in Mobile home Park, Manufacturer Housing, you guys call trailers or coaches, have average credit score of 700 plus, 750 plus. Let's talk about that. And then that way it changes the stigma. So I'm motivated in this industry. Yes, I got to make money. Yes, I want to take care of my daughters and my family but also and my sister. But also I want to create opportunities so people can look at it differently. And that's why we're so stern in the property condition. I One of our properties I recently saw wasn't well kept. I cried driving out of the community. Mm. I was that passionate where I cry. I go to the door of my property. They have to put me in a car and say, hey, you're going to your hotel. If I see one plant overgrown, I want to pull it out myself. We're passionate. And the whole goal is, can we create a clean, healthy, safe place for people to live so therefore they can focus on other areas of their life and thrive? And how many Dimitri Bookers, how many Martys, how many Jeremiah's? how many Jared Elmers could come out of this? How many Sean Johanses could come out of this? And I look at that and say, there's people who've been through what we've been through that are hungry, focused, and want to make a change. And I just happen to be in this asset class. You guys do it in industrial and self-storage. People got to store stuff. People got to have small businesses because they're entrepreneurial. So there's social impact in those spaces too. And I believe in it. It just happened that this is asset class that I'm in. And I'm thankful to Jeremiah. He, he he introduced me to this industry. And like I said, people messed up. They let me in and now I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the thing about the people you mentioned,
0: right? Is you, Jared, Jeremiah, the story of coming from, look, n- no silver spoon, right? Yeah, n- yeah, none absolutely. of that. And that, that story is way more exciting anyway, right? Yeah. That, it that's, is. A, that's a way more exciting story. I don't, if you told me, yeah, this guy or girl, grandfather started the business, blah, blah. Awesome. There is something to be said about keeping a legacy. I think that's important. But when you start from nothing, man, that's a way better story. And I think it resonates with more people. Cause certainly there's more people that do come from nothing than come from something and there is something with grit, you know, it's unteachable. It's unteachable to have the urgency that you have. It's unteachable to have the urgency that you need to push through to keep this thing going. It's so hard, right? Absolutely. So unless you have passion. Curiosity and urgency, which I think is what you need in order to break through in any industry, then it's going to get very difficult for people. And especially uh, in this market, market. absolutely. Especially in this, yeah, especially in this market. So it's very interesting. And the cool thing about what you do too, and you didn't talk about this, but you talk about increasing the credit scores, right? There's profitability because can you talk a little bit about, you use some very interesting tools and I've talked to. Actually, I talked to the, the largest mobile home park owner in New York State, Jeff Cook, a, a good buddy of mine. And I'm like, hey, do you know about these uh, two things? And he goes, no, I had no idea. And I think more people you'd think would know about this because it's, a no, it's a really a no-brainer, probably yeah. very difficult to implement. But can you talk about some of those things that you're using?
1: It's actually automated. So the property management softwares integrate with these services. And so you have automation and credit repair. And so Asus is one of the- The companies we work with, we were uh, fortunately to be one of the first operator in the United States to implement Asusu. Asusu is now a billion-dollar unicorn. They are backed by Ford Foundation and Target Foundation, et cetera. But what they do, they offer two services. One, reporting, being careful with the word reporting, but it's credit enhancement. So they, whenever a resident make a payment, it reports or it appears in their credit as positive reporting. If they choose not to make a payment, it does not report. So we're able... We're allowing our residents to build their credit score. Very it's cool. Adopted by Fannie and Freddie, and there's uh, these two organizations are helping and grow it in the industry and in manufacture housing. We happen to be the only one initially, and now it's growing. So we were pioneering in that collaboration. We also work with a company called Circa, who also is very similar. Reports a resident's credit score, so where a residents actually get the reporting twice, and and also both organizations offer rental assistance a SUSE will give a resident two months worth of rent as a loan at 0% interest for 18 months. They're behind. So they don't go out and get payday loans and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, ironic, one of our retail centers got an offer for a payday loan company. Like, hey, it doesn't fit our core value. So we don't want your business as a tenant. Because mm-hmm. I don't believe in those concepts. And then right. it, so it gives the resident 18 months of, of interest-free loan to pay their rent. And then we have Circa allows our resident to have flex payments. So if you're getting paid twice a month, you can't seem to have that money to pay it on the first or fifth. It allows you to pay twice a month or three times a month, and you'll avoid the late fee. And so that those late fees add up. But, you know, typical late fees are- No doubt. More than, it's usually more than 10% of the rent. It, so our way of avoiding just spiral of, of situation for a residence key. So that's number one, is really having these services in place. Number two, and again, what we're working on right now is a unique product for financing with Fannie Mae where we'll be a pioneers in a loan product structure that will have certain protections for residents, not just the site lease protections, but also, which we were the first operator to implement. And now it's every operator in the United States who get a Fannie and Freddie loan have to use a tenant site lease protection. So it protects residents from being exposed or taken advantage of. And so we were the one of the first groups to actually highlight that program. Wow. And so the third is now a loan product and said, hey, we wanna be like multifamily, we provide the most affordable housing in the industry without public subsidy, yet we get the less benefits from financing. So how can we be on the same page and how can we be a pioneer or the trailblazer? So when someone looks at a manufacturer housing in five and 10 years, they will say, man, back in 2003 or 2023, 24, 25, the industry really changed. It went from people being taken advantage of to where all property owners are now engaged in doing thoughtful planning and their rent growth and not displacing residents and they're being more thoughtful. So therefore it's a more positive outlook. And so we're working on a loan product that will will be the pilot and then hopefully it'll be industry standard in five or 10 years. And so that, that's where, wow. so that's my mission is to be a trailblazer in these areas, but also clean up the properties. We want to, we want to, it's not just the residents living here forever. Our competition is multifamily and people say, how do you help your residents buy a home? Like Fannie Mae has a mission to say, how can we help your residents buy a single family home? Multifamily says, yeah, we want to help our residents. No, you don't. Because if your resident moves out, you got a vacancy, you have a turnover cost, and you have downtime. If our resident moves out, if John moves out on August 31st, Jim moves in and his wife moves in on September 1st, I don't have a vacancy. In fact, I actually recapture loss to lease, which is if they were paying $400 and my marker rent is $450, I now collect $50 bucks more a month in rent. I celebrate the transition, especially if, jo- if Jim is buying a house. Great thing. I, I wanna, So we, right now, what, about 1% of our revenue, our resident base is buying single-family homes per year. How can I get to 3 to 10%? Can we get to 10% of our resident base buying homes? A, our values increase, right? Because we're having higher rent growth without aggressively pushing existing rents. And then B, we are working now with Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac on the residential department and said, hey, we now created a way where you guys could work together. Can you put together a homebuyer assistance program for our residents? If they sell their home and they got $30,000 down payment, you can you at least match half of that, give them $45,000 to go buy a house? Or can you give them a low-interest loan or higher LTV because they're taking their equity in their manufacture home? They've increased their credit score, right? We taught them how to be a good neighbor, clean up a yard, preventive maintenance, et cetera. Essentially, so when you buy a house, you know what to do. And then also, we're preparing them with the money mechanics, or we call financial intelligence, to make better decisions, and along the way, there's the GWC people who don't get it, get it want to have capacity, and then there's people who don't get it. And unfortunately, those who don't get it, who don't have a growth mindset. Have to leave our communities because we're looking for people who want to grow, and we don't want people who are not taking the yard and, and have a bunch of debris. Like, look, you're not being fair to your neighbors. If my two daughters can't walk around this community safe and sound, and they have to worry about a pit bull, I got to worry about trash or worry about scary people or stray cats, then you got to go. Because I look at it as if I live there, and I don't want to be that. I want good neighbors. You got to be a good neighbor. And I want our communities to be elevated. Hence our name, Elevate Commercial. So that's our vision and strategy and what we believe in. That's our mission. And we're going to scale it in other asset classes. Eventually, we'll have it in the hotel conversion apartments, and then we'll continue to grow it. And and there's other ways that I've been talking to Rafika about industrial and social impact. And we'll keep going. What an audacious, incredible mission and goal.
0: And... It's, it sounds so new, but it really should be something that everybody does. And it should be absolutely taken in and implemented and loved by these institutions. And it's sad that it's taken this long. And it's, it's, it's just, it's, it should have, it's a long time coming on something like this.
1: It's, it's what I call it's, it will be a standard. Every sport, I use sports a lot as an example, you know, their, their standards, right? Tom Brady set a standard. And then different quarterbacks came behind Tom Brady, Joe Montana, right? First before Brady. So there's always a standard. LeBron James set a standard for the new people. And so we, by all means, I know LeBron James, Brady, but we set, we're setting a standard and saying, let's be our own within our little county cities area. Let's be the LeBron James and set a standard. Let's be the Steph Curry's. Let's set a standard of what we do. And then others will follow and others will catch on. And that that's our mission. So we don't, we have our, what we do is so different than most of our competitors, right? We're like, look, we're on our mission. This is our focus. One of our colleagues was at the event also said, Hey, in 30, 30, years of selling homes for Clayton Homes and never seen someone put so much energy and time into design of a home for your resident. You're thinking about window locations. You're thinking about energy efficiency. You're thinking about placement of doors and locations. And you guys are paying for your own Elevate model homes because you're so thoughtful in your process. And that's it. We're we're pushing the envelope on manufacturing, uh, actual homes. We're pushing the envelope on financing. We're working on a pilot in Idaho to be the first person to provide low interest loans through, organis- through a organization through funding to be our own servicer and provide low interest loans to our residents. So therefore, they're not paying eight, nine, ten percent. Right, five percent. And so we're pushing the envelope in a lot of different areas. And that's why where people say, Hey, Demetri, your focus, you guys are sometimes hard to get a hold of because we're in we're like Elon Musk with all these different businesses. We're in the studio making the music. We're making the art. We're focused right now. And all the noise we're trying to ignore. Hey, let's ignore the noise. Let's keep scaling. But let's focus. We have so many good things cooking that one day we want to look back and say, we changed the industry for the positive. And that's why they allow us to build new communities. Because that's one of the stigmas that you can't build new communities because of, they see the trailer parks. You drive through communities and right. overgrown trees and stray cats. Who wants that? But right. if they see the old community looking clean. And I use an analogy. I want my yards clean like Steve Harvey's hairline. And if it's clean like that, <laughs> good. And yep. I could go take the mayor and city council to the property. Like this is great. Let's do it. And I want to really push that and grow and build communities because it's it it, it it it's profitable for us, but also it's better infrastructure and it's better for the residents. Like people in Austin are paying five six hundred thousand dollars for a home, or a million dollars. So if right. I could break a home for one hundred fifty thousand dollars, that's trendy. Then why, why should, if you graduate at UT, why shouldn't you go live there? If it's training, you got outdoor amenities and fire pits and all this cool stuff. Why, why would you go rent an apartment? You can build equity by living in this community. So then, therefore, you could then go buy that five $600,000 home down the road. But if you're paying rent, 4000 3000 a month, it'll take you a lot longer to buy a house than paying $700 a month, a lot rent, and actually paying down your home and, and using that to buy your next house. I'm, I'm completely sold.
0: Like I, I I'm literally just the what you just said, guys, re-listen to that. That's the type of controlled passion as well as really understanding the mission in 10 years from now, right? You know what this looks like already. It's there. It's there. The vision is there. The vision is very clear. There's gonna be a, a bunch of hurdles and potholes to get through to get there. But man, can people
1: get behind that? Jeez, that's really strong, man. Really strong. Our ten-year goal is now, Marty. And thanks for sharing this, your feedback because I appreciate because I re- respect your feedback. And you interview a lot of people on a podcast, and just give it as example. Our goal is to build five thousand lots over the next ten years, and it may accelerate to five years once we figure out the scalability of it. But Jeremiah and I went for a walk before we both presented. We we're the last two presenters at the event. We went for a walk, almost missed our presentation because we got into such a deep conversation on development of manufacturing communities. <laughs> and so, so for me did it, you get it, him reamped up about it did you just we, get him to go explode we're on the same path different styles yeah. and it was just a breakthrough for both of us oh wow and so we're trading notes and then we forgot we had to present and so <laughs> you know, he's highly energetic, energetic I'm more laid back and we're in line and we both got hyped up and went for a walk and next year we're like down the street and and we're focused on this development and so like so it tells you that like we're on the he's a trailblazer I'm a trailblazer my way And so it tells you that there's an opportunity and municipalities, once they understand that people are going to go there and grow and buy a house, it's not trailer park, it's not coaches, it's not trailer park. This is a community. We're building communities to be well taken care of. We're going to teach them how to be great neighbors. So when they do move in a single family resident neighborhood, they're doing well. Or they can save their money and start a business and say, great, I'm saving money. I have an idea. I could take more of a risk because I'm not paying three grand a month. And I could now start my business and most, business, most people start their business because they're living in an apartment or living in their parents' house because they didn't have a high overhead. If this is done the way that
0: it, you're saying, and I believe it, who would want to do it the other way? Who would want to do that your way? Why would you want to go into a boring neighborhood with, with the expensive housing that no one can afford it, when you can really move in with younger folks or they're making something happen in a trendy area. You got, look, uh, the artists are going to be there, right? Yeah. You, yeah. w- you want to be around where the arts and entertainment type folks are. And that's where this sounds like it, it's going in, in both young. and Anyway, I just, I really do love it. And I think it is a model that once it's executed and it sounds like it's being executed at a very high level. It could be, hey, look, you can take our franchise, franchise this out, and we'll show you the model.
1: And I would, I'd be one of the first buyers. I would love to do that. So there's plenty of land. I mean, there's no, I, we, I don't look at right. the competition. There's plenty of land now with the existing communities. There's competition because there's only so many. Right? right here in Lake County, Ohio, there's only 17 communities. We own five, and we're watching closely every single one. <laughs> right, right. But, but when you're talking about new development, there's plenty of land and suburban markets that could be executed and built and create a, a new, vibrant opportunity. You hear about tiny home communities, but people want a little bit bigger home nowadays. Right. You right. know, bigger home where they can actually entertain. People want to have outdoor decks and entertain and, and have a good time. And, and everyone goes home afterwards, but you want to, you want to have fun.
0: Yeah, I, I see this as being like, you get through the first one or two or three, and then all of a sudden it goes sky high because you you have... There's evidence. Hey, there's evidence now, right? I know we can talk about it, but there's evidence here. And it's going to, like, those for that's why, if there's anybody that can do it, it's you, you got the grit. You, you got to go through those punches because it's going to be there. And there's going to be a lot of negative and naysayers out there. But I'm just sorry. If anyone's going to do it, it's you. And uh, I really love that. One of the things that you talked about is the sports, right? And that being a big part, it's a big part for our company and how we relay messages is through sports. and. I really love the concept that you have with the offense, defense, special teams for, oh, your, yeah. <laughs> for your business. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. What, can you explain a little bit to people about what that all means and in, in what those different sects are?
1: Yeah. So in our business, in manufactured housing, like rent collecting rent, the revenue part is our offense. It's scoring points. The defense is controlling expenses. Far too often, operators focus on scoring points. And they'll score a lot of points, but they'll give up a lot of points. And in case, you're making a lot of revenue, but you're also hurting your residents because you're making them pay for your inefficiencies. Mm. And so we want to have the Baltimore Ravens defense, but also we want to have the... Buffalo you know, Bills offense. Buffalo well, <laughs> <I was laughs> Bills. The Bills and, and, and the X.A. Chiefs, but I'm going to say Bills at you. But yeah, you guys are putting up a lot of points, right? You guys got the office and defense with the Bills, right? You guys have a good balance of both. And then a special teams is us selling, buying, selling homes, improving the properties, CapEx, right? So if you and one of my favorite coaches and my, one of my Cal Poly coaches, he's with, the, he's with the Detroit Lions, happens to be the special teams coach. And he would always say special teams is the most part, important part of the business. Office Offensive defense, you can improve, but special teams is the core. It touches the field more than anything else. And so mm-hmm. our special teams is the CapEx the buying and selling homes, and that's our special teams. And so I focus on, hey, special teams is the most important part of the business. We got to score points and we got to keep expenses low. And let's build this as three different divisions and they all got to work together, right? Because if we score too many points, we don't have enough homes to sell, right? And so we got to make sure there's homes to sell or we got to continue to improve the property. So when we do bring in a nice home, that's always willing to pay that price for it. We're going to recapture our costs and do it again. And so, the all and our team works in segments from offense, defense, and special teams. I love that. I think it's something where it's it, you can get the message
0: to your staff and to your your team, and uh, people can get galvanized with that type of uh, of thought process. It makes it simple to understand, and I like simple. Nice. We don't have a lot more time here, so I want to just uh, get a couple of questions in, and then we can wrap up. You. Are known, at least from my experience, as a very operational, right? Being able to take somebody who might be, um, have a very scattered thoughts, but maybe, but getting it very concise. And that's very difficult. I'm the complete opposite. I'm not operational. I'm learning. I, you have to get there, right? Yeah. Through CRM and all those different things that have been very important for us, property management software, those are all things. That, is there a 101? talk to the people. A lot of people listening are going to be very much, you know, they're in residential looking to transition to commercial and they've heard about, hey, you got to get your operations right. Are there some like 101 type stuff that right away people are probably not doing? Like for instance, we didn't have a, a property management software for the longest time. We had 70 yeah. plus units and it was all Aunt Karen, my, book, my our bookkeeper, That's Aunt, Aunt Karen Excellent. and in the Excel sheet. I guess talk on that a little bit about your thoughts on operations and how to clean it up.
1: Yeah, that's a very important question, Marty. And I appreciate you asking it because it's not talked about often enough. Even in our presentations at the part of the investment group we're part of, those don't talk about operating systems, but the operating system software is most important. So the way I look at it is most of the properties that we buy, that we're buying them and we're getting shoeboxes of financials and spreadsheets. And the reason why- Value sometimes is not maximized is because they can't showcase it. Very similar to building in public, right? Like you do a great job building in public, therefore your brand value is higher. Same thing with operating. So if you don't have an operating system, you can't showcase your value. You don't even know the numbers. And so the operating system is even more important. Is if you don't know your other income, usually ten percent of your revenue is other income. You may not realize. I could walk a pr- look at my financials and say, hey, there's hundred units. Twenty percent got dogs. Twenty five bucks. We're not collecting enough for dogs. I know there's more dogs here. Or I could look at it and say, why do we have so many late fees? What's going on? We really have an issue. We have a lot of late fees. What are we doing wrong as an operator and screening? So that software allows you to understand and see your business, but also see your expenses and say, why is our water bill increasing over time? It must be a leak. Or we're being billed incorrectly. Why, why, why are we paying so much money in XYZ? Why is our lawn care service so high or so low? Maybe maybe that's why we have bad loan service because it's too low. We got to pay more money. Hey, vendor, I know you're doing the job, but you're struggling. Let's be transparent. If I pay extra three hundred bucks a month, can you do a better job? Yes, great, done, right? And so it h- allows you to think. So that's number one as a software. Number two is accounting. You got to build your accounting teams faster, and, and it costs a lot of money. But you got to build your accounting team as soon as possible. You could contract it out. So I would go to Upwork, and find bookkeepers, that have real estate experience, and they understand residential, commercial, if you're making a transition, make sure they understand residential, commercial, they understand the mindset of what you're coming over and adopting to, and having a bookkeeper that's going to help you grow, that's going to lead you down the right path of your finances. Usually the biggest thing that slows you down, and same with me, is my growth was slower because I didn't have the financial team in place to grow. And even more recently, we had to level up and spent the last six months focusing on our accounting team and really leveling up to even get even better. And now I'm just seeking constantly, do I have a tax consultant? Do I have this? So I'm just constantly looking for the resources to really level up in accounting because the more I can see my numbers, the more I could grow. Those are the two areas. The third is just area that you could really transition with if you're a residential person is you usually have a unique marketing skill. Like you have a unique marketing skill, Marty. Just have confidence. Your unique marketing skill to attract these properties is far better than people in commercial real estate traditionally have done it. And so therefore you could get to a seller and every seller, most cases, most want to give you an opportunity and just sell your story. I'm like, look, I want an opportunity. I Believe in this, I know I could do it. Very similar to Scott's first property in Wycliffe, right? So he told his story and a guy believed in them and gave him an opportunity. And there's a lot of people want to give you an opportunity and just believe in your, what you're going to do, have belief. And the opportunity, but also when you get that opportunity, make sure you go get your accounting and your software, so you don't lose that opportunity. <laughs>
0: thank, yeah, thank you for that, because that's we've, and I appreciate you saying those nice things about me, and and I think that's doubling down on your skill set. And if you don't have it, and I think we were talking off line a little bit, is then you got to find someone that is good at it, right? You really shouldn't yeah. be trying to get your where you're not skilled to try to get too much better at that. I really I think if you've got something good double down if you don't (laughs) give it to somebody that's going to be enjoying it that's going to do well at it because it's going to bring down your entire thing if i have to focus on management and operations when i'm really trying to grow and think in a different way then everything gets lowered because the passion for the whole thing goes down as soon as we got a property manager i was like let's grow because everything was clean and efficient and
1: with me it was a mess but Marty. but your genius is the you're a visionary, right? Your your genius is vision, and so your branding, vision, and deal making very similar to Jeremiah. So who not how? So who? Yes. He has Tim Wilkins, right? Tim was his who previously he had the wrong who. Now it's who not how, and now that Jeremiah has the right who not how, he's able to grow. And so you're building that team, and you're gonna have that growth because the visionary you're gonna take something to the next level because you're gonna say wait. These hotel things that Dimitri doing is pretty interesting. Pivot, and you're gonna, and then all of a sudden you might have twenty thousand keys in four years. And we're like, man, we was talking to Marty on a podcast, and we're talking about <laughs> my, my hotels, and my guy has twenty thousand keys now. It, it, happens, that way. it, happens, it happens that way. Way. It so, really happens yeah, out. It really does. does. Yeah, we, and you know, I'm an opportunist
0: real estate investor, so I don't like to be pigeonholed in anything. I think if there's something that's there, an opportunity, I wanna, I wanna be a part of that. And I don't want to be like, oh, I'm just a, I'm this guy. I'm, I only do this. I think there's value to that. But I also am a human being who likes to be creative and try different things to really find what that is. We don't really know unless we we give it a shot. The last thing is this. I think what you're doing is amazing. I think you're the person to do it. I think that for people who are interested in partnering with you as a limited partner, I, I first of all, and, and by the way, guys, Dimitri with his LPs, it's very interesting, just he does a lot, of, a lot of learn-to-earn approach to things, which I think a lot of people don't do. And I don't know if I should be saying this. That's great. No, you, it's good. To give them time. You really do give those folks time. And a lot of people end up working with you, Yeah. which is it's just insane. Can you talk a little bit about what that would look like or how people
1: can invest or where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So first off, as I look at investors, we're screening each other, see if it's a good fit. First off, is this somebody I'll hang out with? Do I like this person? And, and then number two, we're looking at it and saying, I'm screening and say, yeah, he wants to invest with me, but who does he know or how can he help us elevate? Because there he's done or he or she has done something well to be successful, to be able to invest with us. So what else do they have? And, and so we usually have these conversations. We've had investor relations built out of it. Um, we've had you know, Diane Wodowski. Every home that we buy, she's she's leading the design. And so she gets a carried interest on top of investing with us. Um, you know, there's a number of people that invest with us but are active in roles, whether it's CapEx, whether it's consulting, raising a fund, going down the fund path, single purpose entity, et cetera. So that's, that's a big part is we're going to have these open conversations and ask for feedback. Hey, how can we do better? What can we do better? And we grow from it. And then number two, as far as investing with us, we have a very simple model of investing. We're very consistent with our cash flow. Outside of our development-type deals, we pay 8% PREF, cash flow pay monthly, 60 days after closing the property. And we're constantly looking for aligned investors. Do they fit our core values? Do they do the right thing? Do they have a growth mindset? Do they play a fanatical effort? Do they keep it 100? And if, they're on, if they have these core values, we work together. And there's plenty of opportunities. We, we currently have $25 million in a queue of acquisitions and manufactured housing, and a couple million in, in, in the hotel conversions. And we've been quiet for the last six months, focusing on operations and infrastructure in the county. And now we're going to have an explosive Q3, Q4. So those who are interested, love to talk to you and, uh, and love to work with you and hear about it. So you can reach me. My direct mobile number is 661-547-9567. And if you're one of Marty's followers, feel free to shoot me an email. he will connect us together and love to work with you. Meet you.
0: That's beautiful. Not many people are willing to give out their cell phone number, especially as someone who is as busy and is doing as much as Dimitri. But with that being said, Dimitri, man, thanks for coming on, brother. It's been really, uh, I'm you. like so amped up I'm about it. I'm to excited work out. it.
1: Finally, man. I, know. It, man.
0: I appreciate you guys. That's the show. And like I said, if you are interested, reach out to Dimitri. You got his number, re listen to it. Or if you want more information, you can visit his website, which is elevate commercial.com. Right. All right, guys, that's it. Have a great day, and we will see you soon. Thank Bye-bye. You so Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into The Marty Grasani Show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us an honest rating and review. If you're on Spotify, make sure you follow us for weekly episodes.